Hello, Sermon Podcast listeners. So glad to have you on this last day of 2021. And we're sorry it's a late release, but this is the final episode of Season 4 of this particular podcast. And we are glad that you've been with us for the last few months as we've upgraded this podcast to be a daily sermon release or testimony. And uh, today we're excited to share with you the number one most downloaded episode as decided by our premium listeners. And surprise, surprise, it's uh, not even a sermon. It is a Sunday school message that came from our Prescott Church, Pastor Greg Mitchell. I guess it's only fitting that the leader of our fellowship should be the most downloaded episode. And uh, as decided by you, our premium subscribers, we thank you for being premium subscribers and supporting world evangelism with your donations. And so this episode comes from uh, a Sunday school that Pastor Mitchell did about the rapture. In these unusual times, it's uh, no accident that this is the most popular episode uh, of the year, and we uh, hope that you'll enjoy it. Uh, If you have been enjoying these daily messages on the free feed, we want to encourage you also to become a premium subscriber so that you can continue to receive daily messages from around the fellowship. So uh, we are glad to present this to you. We hope you enjoy this message, and we look forward to another year of sermons from the VBPH Sermon Podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Good morning. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to begin a brand new series this morning that uh, is entitled Defending the Rapture. There is a uh, very important principle in, in life, and that is any important Bible doctrine will be attacked. And you're going to have people that, whether they are unbelievers or uh, non-Christians or whether they are unbelieving believers that uh, just don't uh, uh, believe the Bible, they will try to attack and try to get you to move away from doctrines that are important. But very important in life, It matters what you believe. Doctrine determines conduct. And uh, you will have foolish people who say it doesn't really matter as long as you love the Lord, but it really that's totally unbiblical. Doctrine really, really matters. So that is true in general, and that's every basic Bible doctrine, uh, whether that's the Bible, the virgin birth, uh, the atonement, any, any major Bible doctrine. One major Bible doctrine that is under attack and actually increasingly uh, under attack has to do with the rapture. And I am speaking primarily of what we believe here, which is the pre-tribulation rapture, and we'll get into that. So what I'm proposing to do is it really helps to be able to defend And so what we're going to do is we're going to have an introductory lesson today. We're going to spend a number of weeks. We're going to examine uh, various attacks that are made on the rapture, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say so that we can come to correct conclusions. So today's lesson simply is the need for defense. Why do we even need to look at this? And so Let's use as our launching scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 8. For the time will come, and they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall keep shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Okay, so uh, while we're not uh, going to be looking at every detail of this scripture, Paul is writing to Timothy, uh, who is the pastor in Ephesus, and he lays out the problem. He says the problem is 
people will not endure sound doctrine. They do not want sound doctrine. It's not just that they're misinformed. They actually don't want it. So then he gives Timothy some instructions that he be able to defend. And then finally it winds up at the, at the end. He says, the reason why we have to do this, we are looking ahead for eternity when we're going to stand before God. And he says, very important that this comes to those who love his appearing. And so we're using that as a, as a foundation. <clears throat> All that's contained in that scripture is what we're going to do in this uh, series. So today's lesson in the, uh, the first one of defending the rapture just simply has to do with the need for defense. And we're going to lay a foundation. So let's begin. Let's talk about the foundation of the rapture. This is a major Bible promise and a, and a major Bible truth that has to do with the rapture. When we talk about the rapture, we are talking about removal. Removal of believers from earth to heaven. And uh, this is an instant change in, uh, in one moment, an instant change from physical to spiritual, but it involves a removal from earth. So this is uh, not just uh, uh, in the New Testament. Hebrews 11.5 refers to an Old Testament rapture. Who has that? Hebrews 11.5. No one does. Couldn't be that I omitted it. That's not possible. I've already made my two mistakes for the year. And that was just this morning. So, <laughs> uh, who, <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, go ahead. So you, you have it. Go ahead and read it. Because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had his testimony that he pleased God. Okay. This is referring now to the Old Testament story uh, of Enoch. And the word is used translated. He was translated. This has nothing to do with uh, language like we understand in English. But the, the word translated says, it, it literally means he was transferred and that's talking about from earth to heaven. He was, the word means transported or exchange. And of course, he was exchanging physical body for spiritual. That's an Old Testament principle. Elijah says he was not. Everybody here, there's Enoch and then he's gone. Why? He was removed or transported from earth to heaven and instantly went from physical to spiritual. That's an Old Testament Rapture, and we'll, uh, we'll explain that a bit more. We have Elijah. Elijah is operating in the, in the physical realm, and the Bible says that suddenly, uh, they saw, uh, angels came in chariots of fire, and the Bible says that he went up. And suddenly, he's on earth, now suddenly he, uh, went up, or in other words, he, uh, arose or ascended is what that is uh, is talking about. So those are some Old Testament uh, examples of this principle, removal and transformation. That is what uh, rapture is actually uh, talking about. And the Bible says that this is sudden. It's amazing how wise God is. We'll get into uh, one of the false doctrines uh, in, uh, in later lessons, but we're going to look in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, which emphasizes the suddenness with which this is going to happen. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Okay, in this, in this scripture, the phrase caught up, in the original language, the word is to snatch suddenly. So it is, it is emphasizing, and then another scripture says that this happens in the twinkling of an eye. That is in, in uh, 1 Corinthians. So, we shall be, the Bible says, and this is talking about 
uh, this, this time of the rapture. It, uh, it says there that we will be caught up. In the Latin, it is, this is where we get our word rapture from, rapimur, which means to suddenly snatch or to seize and remove. And so this is talking now about the rapture is, of course, in connection with the resurrection. We talk about the resurrection. And so this has to do with the bodies of uh, believers who have uh, gone on to be with the Lord. And it says that suddenly in a moment, remember what happened to Enoch? He went in a moment. He was not because the Lord took him. He had a physical body. Now suddenly he's gone and it's instantly spiritual. Elijah, physical body is taken up and now is spiritual. And First Thessalonians says, that is what will happen to believers who are alive when this event caught up, rapimur, or in English, raptured. That is uh, uh, what will, will happen. So the two key elements of the rapture is, first of all, that it will happen. And that is important. We're going to look at, there are uh, various versions of false doctrine. They False doctrine has different twists. They, they believe something that's wrong, but they believe each slightly different. So you have people, and this is very important to understand, you have people that they deny that there will be a rapture at all. So there, there won't be a rapture for various reasons that they say this, but uh, but nonetheless, they say there won't be a rapture. So the Bible tells of an event that there will be this event of sudden removal and transformation. So that's the first part, is there will be a rapture. The second part of this it revolves around when it will happen. So first, it will happen. Secondly is when. Now you have a whole stream of false doctrine that they say, yes, there will be a rapture, but, and they put it at differing timings. But it really matters. We'll look into this when we, when we go. Is, uh, you know, some people say it doesn't matter when. It just matters that it happens, but it actually has great, how you live is determined by what you believe. If you believe that it's at the end, you're going to live differently than if you believe that it's at the beginning. If you believe it's going to be in the middle, you're going to live differently. So it really matters that there will be a rapture. Secondly, when will the rapture happen? We believe here, I personally have a conviction based on the Bible that the rapture will be pre-tribulation. The Bible teaches, and we'll go into in greater detail later on, that uh, God is going to pour out His wrath on the earth for seven years. I believe that the rapture is the whole point of God. The nature of God is to remove true believers before wrath is poured out, and that's in line with the the uh, uh, the nature of God. Okay, so having laid that foundation, who cares? This is the uh, the important the important issue is what difference does it make if you believe in the rapture or not? So, what good does a rapture do for us today? How is it going to affect your life today? whether you believe in a rapture or not. So what is the purpose of uh, uh, the rapture and how is it going to affect us today? Mark, give me one example, one, one thought. One thought could be the promise of deliverance from the wrath that's to come on earth. Okay, all right. So that's a, uh, that's a, a promise which has uh, to do with the element of hope. Twister? Well, I would say you have a greater uh, desire to be close to God, okay. to stay clean, you know, serve Him with your whole heart, because we know we don't know when it's going to be, what day, uh, what time. Okay, so that would be then the, the purifying element, that'd be true, fair? When you get over the, you know, the uh, mistake of thinking it's an escape, you know, from all your problems, you know, which everybody might do, 
it, it really gives an urgency to everything that God wants to do in the last days, especially okay. the gospel. Okay, yeah. Uh, evangelism, Bob Swope there. Go ahead. I've thought off and on over the 44 years of being saved in the midst of real suffering and problems, I would always have this hope, well, you know what? Jesus just might come back in the midst of this or just while I'm facing it where there seems to be no escape or no answer immediately. So who, who knows? He just may come back before this is over. Okay. So, midst yep. of suffering. Yep, yep. So that is uh, the element of, of hope. Okay, so let's look at some of these. Is uh, Number one, the Bible uh, says that a practical element of people who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture is that there is a purifying element. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Okay, so this is uh, John now. He is speaking about his... Uh, focus is on the eternal. We are going to stand before God. And, and uh, he is, is uh, uh, talking about this uh, transformation. This is not simply death that he's talking about because he's talking about being transformed, which is what the rapture does, an instant transformation. When you are removed from earth, you are transformed. And he says, then what's the point? Because you're immediately standing before God. And so he says, everyone who has this hope purifies himself. And so that is a, uh, that is a major part of, uh, uh, of the rapture is that there is a purifying element. We have parables in the Bible and the Bible uh, tells about uh, servants that they are given a task by the master. And it says that there were people who thought that the master wasn't going to come for a long time, so they started partying. They started getting drunk. They started treating other people badly. Why? Because we're not going to see the master for a long time. And the, that's, that's human nature. People who, A, if you don't believe in the rapture, or if, B, that somehow this is going to be clearly identified you're going to know the exact date he's coming back. That would be in, involved in mid or uh, post-trib uh, rapture. Then you're removing this purifying element. That the, the whole point of a pre-tribulation rapture is it could happen at any moment. You don't know, so therefore you should be ready at any moment, right? So the Bible says we purify ourselves. The second... Uh, practical aspect of the rapture is it gives motivation for evangelism. So if the world is facing judgment, and that includes people you know and people you love. So if you believe that God is going to pour out his uh, wrath on the world, then the natural outflow of that is we want to evangelize. We want to tell people that is actually the, the, the hallmark of revivals. If you study revivals in the past, one of the hallmarks of revival, when God is moving in revival, revival is when God's people are stirred supernaturally to, uh, they are in love with God and actively involved in, in God's work and, and God is saving people in a, in a, a, a greater than uh, ordinary time, you'll also find during times of revival, there was a focus on the return of Jesus Christ because they go hand in hand. Is It's very unlikely you're going to have revival among people who aren't expecting Jesus to come back. And that is a, a correlation. The, the Jesus movement of which our church was birthed out of in 1970, God was moving uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, God was moving all across America. And, uh, and this was the, the hallmark of the Jesus movement was that Jesus could come back at any moment. Uh, there was a, a, an incredibly uh, a famous song. Anybody know the famous 
song that would be the anthem of uh, Jesus' return in the Jesus movement. Anybody know what that song is? Is I wish we'd all been ready, right? And that was that was the song that was sung. I wish we'd all been ready. They later on put it in the Thief in the Night movie. Uh, and so I wish we'd all been ready. Was uh, uh, this was a, a hallmark of revival? Is if you believe Jesus is coming back, you want to evangelize. You don't want your family and friends and people you know to face that judgment. The third element and the practical reason for believing in the rapture is it gives hope in times of trouble. Hope in times of trouble. Titus 2, 13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so this, is, uh, uh, this gives us hope in the midst of trouble that this world is not all there is. Can you say, thank God? That is what you, you uh, read. I didn't include the, uh, the scripture, but you, uh, you know the phrase Maranatha. And this is in the Bible. He's writing to people who are being persecuted. He's writing to people who uh, their, their current circumstances were uh, unpleasant. And, and uh, he writes and he says, Maranatha, which means come quickly. Even so, come quickly. That was... That was their hope. Yes, the world is messed up, but thank God this world is not all there is. And I'm looking for Jesus, and there are days I want him to come even more than normal, simply because of what's going on in, in the world. So then the final thought is, people who are focused on the rapture, they are focused on the eternal. It is very easy in life, and many of the parables talk about this, it is very easy in life to be consumed with living. Just the business, paying bills, working a job, raising kids, and, you, and, and uh, buying stuff to where pretty soon our entire world is only where we live, where we work, what we buy, what we drive. That's, that's the world. People who believe in the rapture are constantly calibrating on the eternal. This life is not all there is. That's, there's, okay, I make decisions based on Jesus is coming back. I am going to be removed from this earth. So therefore, that factors in to uh, every decision. Luke 21, 28. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Okay, he uses a a phrase of literally looking up, but of course this is in a spiritual sense that believers should always live their lives with looking up. That is a, that, that change, it really does change how you live life if you believe that Jesus could come back at any moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Okay, let's open for some questions or comments before we move on. Woody? 
check, check. I remember years ago, um, I, uh, Pastor Foley was assisting here, and, and he just mentioned in passing the rapture, that the sermon wasn't about it or anything. It was just mentioned it in passing. And I realized I had not even thought about it for some period of time. I, I, exactly what you were talking about, it happened. I was you know, just engrossed in life and, and focused on just that. And he just mentioned the rapture, and, and it was just this hope just refilled my life. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We are so out of here. You know, this is not all there is. And, and it's just such a joy to remember that and have that, keeping that in your focus. Yes. Very good. And back there, Nate. Uh, yeah, when, I, when we were in Denver, there was a, a lady that I worked with, and she, she knew I was a Christian, and she asked me what I thought about the rapture and what I believe most pre, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, why are you asking? She said, well, my pastor, he'd been a pastor for 40 years, read a book, and began to do a study on post-tribulation and changed his complete doctrine after 40 years. And stuff. she's like, what are you doing? And I just thought to myself, what the insanity of this guy? He believed in pre-trib, read a book, and completely shifted his doctrine based on what he read and just how, how crazy people shifted by just a book. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That'd be a happy doctor, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be awesome if today I said, you know what? We've been teaching preacher all these years, but I've changed my mind. You're all dead. <laughs> what a happy thought. You are so dead. You're in trouble. Have a nice day. <laughs> that would be that would be depressing to me. Okay, let's talk about the rapture under attack. So, the doctrine of the pre-trib rapture is is under attack. First of all, from unbelievers which uh, uh, the Bible predicted this. The idea uh, of, uh, of believing in the rapture itself is, is mocked by sinners. Second Peter 3, 3 and 4. Mark. Uh, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Okay, so this is, uh, the Bible says that, that sinners are going to do this, that scoffers, they're going to mock, and uh, they're going to they're gonna mock people who believe in the pre-trib rapture. And it gives the logic is, yeah, they've been saying that for a long time. That, so they uh, uh, will uh, assault that. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal some years back that uh, talked about the idea of it was you know Wall Street Journal is is uh, secular non-Christian and attacking and and it had the uh, the title of leaving behind left behind and uh, was was mocking this so you have this in uh, TV hosts and in the editors and writers various kinds so why do you think that God has to tell believers and has to warn them, sinners are going to mock you believing in the pre-trib rapture. Why is that so important? Or, or an, uh, put it another, uh, another way, um, why is it that mocking the, the rapture would be effective? Why do you think? Joe, back there? You say it loud. You know, because if you think about it, the rapture, you know, you're here and then all of a sudden you're gone. I, that, that's a pretty crazy thing to think. Okay. That could be. But why would that, uh, why would that be effective? He warns believers. He says, you watch this. Sinners are going to mock you. So why, why, would that, why would that matter? Gary? I think it's probably kind of like this. If somebody mocks me, uh -huh. uh, I kind of want to fight back and defend it myself and so I think that it's something that we really need to defend and that's why we need to be aware that's what's going to happen so we can defend uh, yeah but that's kind of missing the point uh, uh, sis go ahead Yeah. well I got a little story I can share my, my mother before she got saved she said exactly what you said yeah. somehow you know I believe that it doesn't matter and I said my mom are you sure you're just going to come in that changed she did get saved yeah, that praise God. Yeah, so I, I think the point is this. We live in in probably an increasingly insecure 
generation. People would rather be wrong than be mocked. The devil knows this. There are people that they they hate the whole idea that anyone should ever point at them and, and laugh at you, which is why the devil causes this. Uh, so he understands something is for believers, the fact that someone would mock or attack what you believe and make you out to be foolish for believing, there are believers that they will change what they believe. No, I don't want those people making fun of me. Heaven forbid a late night TV show host that I'm never going to meet in my entire life should think I'm foolish. Gosh, then I'll just change what I believe. But that's that's what happens. So unbelievers attack it. So we are, of course, going to focus on Christians who attack the rapture or so-called believers, theologians. So think about this. And we'll just, this is kind of a, a foundational. We'll look at these in, in detail. So you have people who claim to be Christian that there's a whole stream Number one, that they attack the idea of a rapture at all. Okay? So, and we'll go through these in detail so that you can defend. There are people who say, no, the idea of a rapture is unbiblical. It's not in the Bible. Uh, Second, that it is attacked by some believers. They say the rapture is a recent invention. By reason, they mean in the 1800s or so. And they say, no, see, it was only recent, it's only a new idea, so, uh, which is wrong in the first place, but because it's new, it can't be true. So that's a, that's a whole stream. Then there's another stream is there are people, they say, no, uh, you, you can't look for a rapture. It already happened. You know, for extra credit, what is the belief that it already happened? In AD 70, you will get a gold star for this. Let me know. The belief is called preterism. Preterism, which is the idea, everything that Jesus predicted, it already happened. It's done. It's finished. It happened in AD 70. And that's a, a foolishness we'll look at. And then there is another stream, and this is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Is there are large sections of believers who say, no, 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 you're focusing on heaven. You're focused on eternal. God's focus is only on the earth. He doesn't have any interest in taking you from the earth to go to heaven. No, no, no. Everything that God is going to do. In, in what way? What are some ways that, that uh, today... In modern Christianity, there are a number of streams of this. They say God is focused only on the earth. What would those be? Dwayne? Uh, I think it was called Kingdom Now. Okay, Kingdom we're, Now. And in a nutshell, what is the, what is the belief of Kingdom we're Now? We're going to usher in the kingdom here by being in politics. Okay, uh, so like the that. idea of Kingdom Now, and it comes in uh, seven mountains, seven pillars, numbers of manifest sons of God, is the idea that we are going to take over. We're not going to go out of here and God judge the earth. We're going to take over. We're going to rule the earth in, in uh, various ways. So that's that's one version. What's another idea that uh, the, the earth today? Is, is that the same as the emerging church? No. No, emerging church is this anti-church. They, they of course, will believe false doctrines, but emerging church is just kind of against the idea of gathering. Okay. Yeah, different different thing. There's an, another one that is becoming uh, becoming huge. You actually will see it in the pages of the Daily Courier, people who believe in it. What is it? David? Right back there. I don't know if this is the same thing, but would it be why uh, Christian uh, musicians are going secular and mainstream? No, that's just because they're stupid. Uh, but no. That, that's because they want to be rich and famous. That, that has not, not do it. No. The big one is social justice. Social justice. You, if you don't realize, you see it in the, in the courier, you have all these different ones. Many of them behind that, these are Christians who, this is what God is doing in the earth, social justice. Everything, social justice. We need to fix everything that's wrong in the earth. Every homeless person needs a house. Every hungry person has to have food. And every, social justice. We're gonna, we're gonna fix everything 
We're going to set it right, and that is the, the purpose. Then there's another, another big one besides that, and that is uh, uh, stewardship of the earth, which is ecology. This is the entire focus. What we got to do is we got to clean up the planet. We got to, we got to, we got to, and so in these, this is actually, you know, it, it, to some of you, that sounds foolish. Some of you have no idea how strong those are. That what are you doing for social justice? What are you doing for climate justice? Yeah, ec- uh, yeah ecological justice. What do you, th- that is the focus of the earth or uh, manifest sons of God we're going to take up. So that's one stream is there is no rapture. Numbers of ideas. The second stream is there is a rapture, but they're attacking the timing of it. Yes, there is a rapture, but no, no, no. It's not going to happen before the, uh, the, the tribulation. So Okay, so there are people who say in various versions, whether it's mid, partial, post, they say, uh, no, we're not going to have the rapture before some element of tribulation. Why do they believe that in general? Why would, why is there, and there, some of them don't agree, but they say we're going to go through the tribulation. Some say partly, some say all. What is their reasoning? Why should we? And some of them, they say it's very necessary. Tenny, what do you say? One young man told me that usually the people go through the rapture to purify the tribulation. Okay, so, all right, so there's one that, that's important. There are people who say we have to be purified. Right? There's somebody here, you're, you're still, you're still cussing, smoking cigarettes. You're going to go through the tribulation, and boy, that's going to that's going to burn it out of you. Okay, so purify, that's, and that's a very important element. You have to be purified. What's another reasoning, Mike? Uh, predestination, where they believe that that there's 144,000, and the rest, everybody else has to take over the earth. That would be the Jehovah's Witnesses, I yeah. think. That's that's different. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about believers who say that there's a that you're going to go through tribulation. I'll, I'll give it for the sake of time. Here's another major element. So number one is you have, well, we're going to go through it to be purified. The other major element is there were people who have suffered in the past. If we don't suffer, it's not fair. And that's how they think. It's not fair. There, there are people, they were killed for their faith in Africa, and you just think Jesus is going to take you out of the red? That's not fair. It's like third grade. It's not fair. <laughs> so to make it fair, God's going to go, somebody suffered in AD 37, so therefore you are going to suffer now because you got to make everything fair, right? Have you noticed that? Life is totally fair. Okay. Uh, then uh, when we, when they believe these versions, here are some names. Rick Joyner, he's a major... Uh, uh, how would I describe him? A major player in Christianity and in uh, charismatic circles. He he mocks the the idea of the rapture, and this is a common statement from numbers of people who do this as the helicopter theory or the helicopter escape theory. Oh, so you got problems on earth? You think your your holy helicopter is going to come and get you and take you away? A man named Preston Eby. He mocks those who are waiting for their heavenly ride into the clouds. So you have attacking the rapture at all, whether there is not even going to be one, or attacking the timing, and we will have to uh, address those. So this has consequences. You, You have to understand this. You will have foolish people who will say, does it really matter Pre, mid, post, who cares? Or if there is a rapture at all, do you love Jesus? That's enough. That's, that is completely false. Number one, error is a spirit. Error is a spirit. It is supernatural. Have you ever tried to talk to Mormon, Jehovah's Witness? Or have you ever tried to talk to a Calvinist or someone who they get off into false doctrine and, and it's like, hello? 
because it's a spirit. It's supernatural. I used to work with a Jehovah's Witness. I'd bring rings. Finally, it's like information is not the problem here. There's a spirit of error. Now, when someone has a spirit of error, if, if you have opened yourself, it's actually demonic, it's very unlikely that you're just going to have one area of error. I am 99% totally in tune with the Word of God, just got this one belief that's off. That's not how false doctrine works. 1 John 4, verse 6. We are of God. Uh, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay, the spirit of error. So this this means, and, and uh, I don't have time to explain it fully, but but if you misunderstand the rapture, you misunderstand God's character. So you don't understand God. If you think that that's how God is up in heaven, like, I really got to punish you. I really got to pour out wrath on you to clean you up. That affects your whole view of God. That kind of person does not also come to their loving heavenly father believing that God's going to help them. It, it, it is a twisting in the character and the nature of God. It is a twisting of mission. You're not going to believe that, but then carry out the mission of God, which is evangelism in the earth. So it is uh, error as a spirit. The second thing is that it encourages carnality. And this is what I mentioned before. Luke 12, 45 and 46. But if... But if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and it shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint unto him his portion with the unbelievers. Okay, my master is delaying. He's not going to come for a long time. So what happens? He gets holier and holier. No. He works harder and harder. No. What does he do? He gets carnal. Relationships are affected. Sin is the result. And then the third thing is, if you don't believe in the rapture, it removes motivation for evangelism. And that's a very important point. So if that's true, if error is a spirit, if it encourages carnality uh, by not believing in the rapture, and if it removes motivation for evangelism, of course, the devil attacks the rapture. That would make sense. The devil is a tactician. He, he moves in strategy because if he can attack and get people to move away from the rapture, that means he's going to affect the work of God, number one, and he's going to affect people's salvation. So this is what he does. He attacks the rapture by unbelievers and by so-called Christians. Okay, let's open for some questions. Carol, something you want to add or ask? Notice that it also, believing that rapture is mid-trib or post-trib or anything like that, it tends to put a complete film uh, against the character and kindness and redemption of God and his willingness to take us out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Betty? Well, God was real gracious to tell us in the first book of the Bible, you know, if it's a helicopter or an ark, I'm going to get on. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, all and it, and it is the, the idea of of escaping wrath is all through the Bible. That's true. Good. Okay. Final thought here. So this brings us then to our series. Let's talk about defending the rapture. We are called as believers to truth. Truth. So. The Bible tells us, number one, we need to examine the scriptures so you can have personal convictions. Okay, a conviction is a settled belief. It's not something like, oh yeah, I agree with that. It is settled. That means circumstances don't change you. It means what people say don't change you. It is settled you get settled. If you're here and you say, I believe the rapture because Pastor Greg does. That's nice. That is completely insufficient. It will not be enough. You need to, the Bible says, search the scriptures for yourself so that you can have convictions. Acts 17, verse 11. 
These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Okay, the men of Berea, we, we call them the Bereans. The Bible says that they searched the scripture. Paul was saying something, so what did they do? They went to God's word to determine what was true. That is how we should be. May the Lord help you if all you have to argue is, well, my church believes. Pastor Greg believes. Pastor Mitchell believes. That's not enough. And what you need to do is for yourself, search the scripture. When you, when you're, when your convictions are based on the word of God, number one, it helps you. It keeps you focused. That's, that's part of it. But it also protects you. There is protection. There are waves of doctrine that come through. Someone, uh, comes through, hey, have you read this book? But because I am a Bible student, I've searched. There are things that automatically they start. I was like, no, 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 no. The Bible, and I am, God brings from the scriptures so that I'm able to think that is incorrect biblically. And that is what you have to do for yourself. The second thing, if we're called to truth, not only search the scripture to have personal convictions, The Bible says we need to fight for the truth of the rapture. Jude, verse 3. Steve. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Okay, so the faith. This is not talking about the element of faith as that I have confidence in in, uh, uh, God for a certain thing. The faith is the body of revealed truth. In other words, it's talking about the Bible. And so he says, uh, uh, contend earnestly for the faith. That's the New King James. The New Century Version, NCV, says, fight hard for the truth. The NLT says, defend the faith. The Phillips translation, put up a real fight for the faith. So this is simply recognizing unbelievers and Christians that are in error will assault the idea of the rapture. We are called to search the scripture to find out what is true. Secondly, to fight for it, which is what I'm doing in this uh, series is I am going to fight error by the truth of the word of God. And we're going to look at that. Second Timothy 4.8. Finally, there is laid out for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. Disappearing. Okay, so this, uh, <laughs> those last three words were powerful. <laughs> so uh, this, this really does have effect. If you believe it, it's not just going to affect you. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect new converts. It affects our church. So therefore, uh, uh, the Bible says there is et- uh, eternal reward when we believe God's word, and then we'll fight for it. Okay, we have some time now for some questions or, or comments. Sis, up here at the front. I'm a teacher. I could yell if I had to. Um, this may sound a little simplistic, but it's kind of a, a plug for the um, New Believers class that goes on. When I first got saved down in Tempe, they had the New Believers class, and I, when I got saved, I, it was just a clean slate. God, tell me what to do. So they said, okay, if you just got saved, go to the New Believers class. So, oh, you know. But that put in me these very foundations that you're talking about. I read yeah. my Bible. I was confronted in those early months, and I had to do some research to deal with the demonic assaults that came against my life. And that put in me a foundation. And we use the scripture, train up a child in the way they should go. We, we use that in terms of our earthly kids. But our spiritual children, New converts, train up a child in the way they should go. So yep. uh, new believers, you need, really need to go. Yep. Okay. Somebody else. Mark? Yeah, Pastor. Um, early on in my salvation, I, I had to uh, just decide that this is the Word of God, and, and I will believe that these 66 books no matter. And uh, oftentimes throughout the years, when I've been challenged by uh, coworkers or whoever um, with various um, outside things, I've always found myself going back and saying, 
you know, I, I need to take it in a, against the Word of God and see if it goes forth. You know, and I, so there have been times I have looked people in the eye and I have said to them, if, if a spaceship landed in my front yard and a little green man walked up to me, I would send them packing because, because I believe in Jesus Christ, right? There, there may be evidence contrary to this book, but we need to refute, refute that because it's not contained within the Word of God. And, and uh, the, the foundation of His Word is the truth. And that, that's just a powerful thing in my life that's worked out. If it's not in here, odds are I don't, I don't need to um, have that in my life. Yeah, that's true. And then, of course, we're going to see that false doctrine usually twists something that isn't there. So they misemphasize it, misunderstand it, etc. John? I, I think it brings a healthy fear. If anybody here is ever, as a new convert, or even as an old convert, uh, come to a situation where people aren't where they're supposed to be, things are happening that shouldn't be happening, and then the thought occurs to you, you know, I could have missed the rapture. As a new convert, that happened to me, and I tell you, it's put a holy fear to think, you know what, I've been left behind. I could hear the drums, you know, and the song, and I knew, <laughs> but it put a holy fear in my life. <laughs> uh, that's very good <laughs> Gary Basham uh, just a little bit about just like he said one day uh, years and years ago when I first got saved and, and got married uh, me and Patsy got into a fight and so I uh, came home from work and uh, for some reason uh, Patsy had just stepped out of her uh, clothes and left him uh, there in the living room uh, so I came you in were. And uh, what happened was, I said, oh, no, I missed the rapture. Patsy's gone, man. What am I going to do? And, and so I'm literally sitting on the couch crying. And Patsy comes home and she says, what's the matter with you, man? <laughs> but that put a, a fear, a holy fear, that if I didn't watch what I was doing, I possibly could miss that rapture. And so it. Yeah. It, it's been there ever since, so I've tried not to fight her, okay? And she did, to clarify, she did come home with clothes. <laughs> some of you that have, some of you have unsaved children, you could try this this afternoon. <laughs> Leave piles of clothes and a, a pot boiling on the stove. That might be helpful. That's it. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.